I love people and I love cook for them. I love the expressions when people have the first bite and you can see on the face and say, oh, wow, that's, that's different. I, I love the expression. I love the noise. I love the sound of the restaurants. I love when the people laughing. I love when the people talking. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Some say passion for food can run through your veins, passed down from generation to generation as the core of everything the family does and shares together. There are some families that have changed the way we eat in restaurants over many generations, sharing their own story and creating stories for diners, their children and their children's children. Mario Bacuaco is a chef and co-owner of Il Pontele on Sydney's iconic Woolloomooloo Wharf. Mario, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very, very well. It's great to have you on the show. You you hail from four generations of chefs and restaurateurs, which is quite incredible. What's it like having that um, in your family history? Uh, quite difficult. <laughs> now, four generations, yeah, as you say, it's four generation restaurant and business. Um, and uh, obviously born in the restaurant business, my father being the chef, constantly passed on uh, the way of cookings, the flavors, the recipes, and the way of life of restaurants. Because, uh, as you know, restaurants is not just cooking, but it is your way of life. Um, and, uh, yeah, four generation restaurant business. And uh, after, you know, I've been, uh, I've been in business personally for 25 years or maybe a little bit more. And, um, I can't think any, anything else, uh, anything else I can do except being in the restaurant business. Well, uh, you, you were born in Italy and you grew up there. Take us back to when you were young and what it was like growing up as a kid and, and the role that food played in such a, in a family where food was so important as careers as well as at the home. Yes. Now, obviously, yes, I'm born in Italy, uh, Naples, exactly. And um, look, the, the city I'm born, and, and if anyone been in Naples will understand me, there is a, it is a very particular the city. And uh, and they, uh, the food in, in Naples and where I come, I come from right in the middle of the city of Naples. Um, it's very patient. Neapolitan with the food, they are extremely patient. Um, and we have an example, recipes, they only been done on, on particular days, like the Sunday. So in the Sunday, I remember when I was a young boy, uh, we used to go and see each other between friends. Then but by 1 o'clock p.m., we, you must stay home because we had to have lunch with our whole family, with my grandfather on the table. Everybody should be, by 1 p.m., everybody should be on the table. But we, between our friends, we all knew it. If close to 1 o'clock, we had to run home and sit on the table and eat on Sunday lunch. Now, I remember on the, obviously during running around the streets as young kids, you can actually smell the, you smell the, the mom, the grandma doing the, the ragu, the, the classic Neapolitan ragu. So you have uh, this incredible smell and 
uh, all around the, the streets. And, and, and then you have the grandmother who does the desserts. So you can smell the vanillas, the baking. And then you have another family who does the Genovese. That the Genovese, by the way, is on the menu. Um, and you can smell the Genovese for kilometers away. So you have all these incredible flavors. And then I must say the flavors does change accordingly to the seasons, because then if you have the, the spring, the winter, the summer, you have, again, different smell because they're cooking according to the season. So you grapple with all that. And I can tell you when uh, when sometimes we have a bad weather in Sydney or we have a beautiful sunny day in Sydney, and I, I can smell, I know it maybe sounds crazy what I'm saying because I'm very you know, passionate about food and crazy. You, you know, and sometimes I walk around the, 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 the Sydney and you, can, and you can have the kind of smell sometimes, you know, if it's winter, you can smell the wood fire. And, they, I, and I remember when I was young, you can feel the kind of recipe. So I can actually feel and I can visualize a recipe according to the smell. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Tell us about um, when you realized that you wanted to um, be a chef and move into the hospitality sector sector for a career. Well, you kind of have no options. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I, I, I could not become a lawyer, <laughs> even if I would be dreaming to become a lawyer, because being a four-generation restaurant business, my father, my father obviously uh, a chef, I, I, I kind of uh, – not push it, but it was a, um, an automatically, uh, you know, easy to get in uh, being a chef. Um, and uh, obviously, it wasn't always. I must say, look, I have to say, because of my surname, because I'm Amanda's son, it, it was, uh, in one way, it was, I don't know, make, it would make sense what I'm saying. In one way, it was easy. But in the other way, it was even much more difficult if you have not, if you are nobody's son. What well, well, can I explain that? Because I was Armando's son, obviously every single door in this, you know, in the world opens because you know my father. Everybody knows my father, so obviously Armando's son. Everybody would like to have him, and it brings the, you know the name. Every but obviously it was harder because. I have all the eyes on me, and I, hope I had to, and I had to prove that not because I'm Armando's son, but I'm, I'm my own chef, and I'm pretty good chef. Not because I'm Armando's son, obviously, being Armando's son, that does help. Um, so it was a double job. <laughs> so, but you know, I had a master say 25 years in this business. Um, I never regret, uh, you know, and uh, always have an amazing satisfaction in this country and in Italy. Yeah, so not complain. Tell us about when you uh, first came to Australia and, and what you thought about food here. Right. No, um, no, it's uh, look, it, Sydney, I, I love Australia. I love Australia. I think it's one of the best countries in the world, and I can't explain exactly. Now, I, I, have a, I used to have restaurants in Italy, so I, maybe I'm uh, one of a few chefs in this country who actually have a restaurants in Italy and uh, open the restaurants in Italy. And, you know, most of them, they came as young boys, um, and, but I actually have restaurants as an adult, an adult, an adult open restaurants, running restaurants in Italy. So, and, and so when I came in Australia, I, look, it, I, as you know, my family been in the business restaurant in this country for a long time. 
And uh, and uh, my, my family always, my grandfather, my father, always trying to make people understand that the Italian food is not just it's not just pizza or carbonara or bolognese because unfortunately many many years ago the Italian food it wasn't much respectable. Let's put it this way: in the old days, they thought it was you know cheap pasta. You know, I mean, but. With my and my, I think I had to must say my grandfather, my family it was the first family in this country who tried to do something um, to make people understand that Italian can even be a nice dining, a fun dining. Does have to be the cheap, uh, you know, stuff. That by the way, there's nothing wrong with you, uh, a cucina. We call cucina povera, but cucina povera, if it's done well, it's actually better than fun dining. You know, not better, but it's it's an incredible flavors. So yeah, so you know, I'm I have obviously always have a lot of respect about this country because, like I said, my family tried to in, try to show people that Italian food can be refined, it can be done properly if you are a proper chef, if you are a proper restaurateur. And not just in inventing yourself that before you used to be a, a, a bricklayer, a cement guy, and all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and say, oh, let's open a restaurant because I came by my friends. Yeah. <laughs> with with uh, a father in the, in the restaurant industry and a grandfather and also an uncle as well, what else did you learn from, from your family when it came to being a chef? Oh, a lot. Oh, my God, a lot, a lot. But, you know, like, like, like you say, my, Tony, uh, Tony Percoco, he had an incredible, beautiful restaurant in Brisbane, Pertufo. Obviously, my father, my grandfather, my the other uncles, they've all been in the restaurant business. And a lot, a lot. A lot I learned how to, um, uh, how to feel. That is another thing that may sound crazy, but... You know, I always have, uh, I've been lucky in my life because I, any, every restaurant I've been working, I always have an open kitchen. Now, when you have an open kitchen for so many years, and uh, if some chef will, heard me, will understand what I mean, you actually see the face of a customer because you see everyone, because I like to see all the customers from the kitchen. And sometimes you can actually visualize the, and that's what my father, my grandfather teach me, you can actually feel the customer when they sit, what type, what kind of mood, and according to the mood, what type of food they would like to eat. I don't know if, uh, if it makes sense. So I learned that, obviously, I learned that from my families because, you know, my father was he knew exactly what to sell to uh, a table, an example, uh, because he, he could feel, he can feel how the customer, what kind of mood it was. So if it was in a romantic, you know, it was a business meeting, you know, it's a different. You, and I used to do that in the CBD when I used to have uh, uh, Aquapazza in the number one band and when I used to have Intermezzo because I always have an open kitchen. And I used to have, and sometimes I used to have a CEO, big CEO for lunch. Obviously, it was a particular dish, particular dish I, I, could, uh, I, I could cook for them because they were in the suits with a tight and they, they, some particular dishes would not suit for the particular lunch. You know, if it's a business lunch, you do different kind of food. Um, yeah, and again, I've been lucky enough because most chefs say, yeah, but we can't do it. But I've been lucky enough because I'm, I must say for 25 years, uh, after a while, the, my regular customers, they didn't want to see the menu. They say, now, chef, you, you send us what you think. 
Um, so my, some of my customers didn't even bother to look at the menu. The waiter used to go on the table and say, no, forget about the menu. Let you choose the chef. <laughs> so that was it, obviously. <laughs> so I learned that from my family. Yes, I learned the, the, the spirit, the feeling of customers, the spirit of customers, the, the, and the, the happiness. The, the, and sometimes you even understand the flavors that they, they understand. Um, you know, in some customers, obviously you don't send the, a particular dish. An example, if I have a tripa, the tribes, I'm, you know, there is a particular custom you can send it, not to everyone, you know. Um, so, yeah, I learned you know, the, the, the service, the, the, the ingredients, the, the, the smell alone from my, from my family, the, 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 again, the recipes, uh, yeah. You mentioned about becoming your own chef, even though your family history is rich with um, those in the hospitality sector. And in 2001, you were named um, by the City Morning Herald as uh, Chef Young Talent. You've won uh, numerous hats as well. What's been the real sort of integral uh, moments in your career? I think, um, obviously, uh, uh, have heads. It's, it was an amazing satisfaction because when I opened Zenit in Anadal and I received the hat, I was extremely happy. Uh, obviously, it's, a, it's a for a chef that is, you know, it's not, it is very uh, graduating. Obviously, for you, it's a hard work. You know, we work nearly 24 hours in the kitchen trying to, try to serve proper food to the customers. And when you've been rewarded, you know, if it is, it doesn't matter if it is a hat or, or if, uh, for me, it's even a, it's reward if a customer's finished the dinner and get out of the table and they come walk to the kitchen and say, chef, there was an amazing meal. For me, it's the, the, the most beautiful things at the end of the night. Um, you know, and, uh, and I can tell you actually the opposite way. If you, let's say you have uh, 80, 80 customers or a hundred customers and 99 customers, let's say you have a hundred customers, 99 customers, they walk out of the restaurant. They're going to say, wow, what amazing meal. And I think some chefs will understand me. And you have one customer out of 99 who say, I did not enjoy it. Trust me, you go home and you constantly thinking about the single customer. What did I done wrong with the particular customer? So, and it goes in your mind constantly all night, you know what I mean? And you try to go back on time and you say, what did I done? Because it was 99, it was okay. But that particular customer, so you start to understand what was the problem. You know, and, and hopefully you pick the problem and try to not do the next time, basically. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, the rewarding, rewarding, uh, obviously, is uh, it's, uh, you know, the mo- most beautiful day. And I, I must say another beautiful part of my life was when I opened the restaurants in Italy. You know, it's an incredible uh, satisfactory from, if you think about it, from uh, 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 a chef, young chef, and then a, a mature chef in Sydney. Um, you know, not because I want to say, but I have the courage, and, and uh, because honest, honestly, it's not easy. But I have the courage to leave Sydney and travel back in Italy and open a restaurant. When I say I open the restaurants, I did open a, a trattoria or a, a, a fun uh, fast food. I opened a proper restaurant, a full-scale restaurant uh, in Italy. And that was one of my incredible, that, you know, like it, it takes, not because I want to say, but it takes an incredible courage to do that, to go back in Italy after you left. 
You know, my father said, you are crazy. You are nuts. <laughs> you go back and need to open a restaurant. <laughs> you know, I mean, but that's, uh, and, and that was an incredible reward, to be honest. Yeah. In Sydney, before you left, you were known for Zenithon Booth and uh, Intermezzo, G- GPO, um, many restaurants. But take us to that time when you did go back to Italy in 2015 to create that restaurant. What, what, what sort of restaurant was it and what sort of people came through? Yes, it was, a, a, like I say, it wasn't like a, 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 cheap, you know, a cheap restaurant or a trattoria. It was a fine dining restaurant. I opened an incredible looking restaurant. It, it used to be, imagine it was a, a 1500, he uh, was built this particular building where I opened a, a restaurant. It, it was built in the 1500. Uh, you know, there was an incredible structure you can see on the internet, actually, on Google. And, uh, and, and there was a, some of, a section of the restaurant. I wasn't allowed because open restaurants obviously at the meeting with the architect, with the council, and because it was an old building, so it was protecting by the, by the council because you could not obviously do a lot of things you want to do it because it's protected by the history. And, um, and they imagine there was some part of the world that it was, it was built in the 1500 and we were not allowed to touch it, not even to fix it. It had to be like a, like the Colosseum. You're not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed to really fix it. So it was this part of the world. I remember with my architect, we weren't allowed to touch it. It was extremely uh, clear by the council. You say, guys, you you not touch it. You can put up maybe some lighting, but you're not allowed to touch it. So we, we went around, you know, best shops in, in Italy for lighting to find a beautiful lighting uh, who, uh, 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 let's say, it was splashed on this particular wall and it looked like, honestly, it looked, it looked like a Colosseum. It looks beautiful. And um, so that was, you know, there was the building where I opened the restaurant. So it was a giant, it was a beautiful building. Um, and customers, customers are, because I was uh, uh, 20 minutes from in the south, from Lecce, um, obviously what I, I did try is to not just concentrate on the local, but to have an international customers because Puglia is very famous now. Uh, oh yeah, and we have people around the world. So I, I, it's obviously summer, it was much more busy winter because summer you have the wall. What does it mean? You virtually have the world come and see you. Well, then I was uh, um, I was in a few uh, reviews, a few guy restaurant guy in Italy. So and I a uh, few concierge five star hotel. They knew I opened the restaurants and they knew the, my background. So they used to send uh, beautiful clientele from the five star hotel to the restaurants. Um, uh, different obviously than in Puglia because you had to send the car private car who, who drive to the restaurants, they had to wait for dinner and then they pick it up and they bring it back to the hotel. So I have, uh, look, I have the world. I, rem- I remember in some, I have, uh, I have uh, Americans, Germans, uh, Spanish, uh, Asian from Hong Kong, from uh, Shanghai. I have, uh, so I may, and I have, you may have not believe, but, and I have many Australians and some from Sydney incredible i have a sydney australian from sydney came all the way down puya to eat to my restaurants in puya and by the way the ones that came in in puya they are today still my customers and anytime anytime they come and see me they say remember we were in your restaurants in italy <laughs> yes of course i remember 
and uh, it's not incredible. And then obviously you have the celebrity. I have the politicians uh, from the the Italian government. I have a celebrity from Hollywood. I have a Kate Winslow, an example, came from Dina, for Dina. Um, you know, Kate Winslow from you know from uh, Hollywood and Oscar. Uh, so. I have many, look, many names, no point to say the names now, but that's some of the people, like many the politicians and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, that was, I think, that was incredible. That was fun. And, and, uh, I, I really enjoyed because I had, like I say, I have the courage to go back in Italy from, from no knowing nobody and open a restaurant there with a fairly good caliber restaurant. It wasn't like a, you know, Tattoria. Yeah. And dealing with Italians in Italy. <laughs> well, what brought you back to Australia after that? Very simple. Very simple. Now, you have to understand when I opened restaurants in Italy, I went by myself. And I, and I remember I always spoke with my father and he said, look, you understand you'll be by yourself there. You have nobody because all my family in Australia, they immigrated in Australia many, many years ago. So virtually I have nobody there. So he said, look, you be by yourself. You know, I have a wife here. I have a children here. I have grandkids here. So... He said, it would be difficult. He didn't mention it. He said, it would be difficult because you would be by, virtually by yourself. And I said, you know, I'm stubborn. And I said, no, I want to try. And he said, okay, try. You know, I had to say, he gave me my blessing. I said, try. And um, so basically, that's exactly what happened. I was by myself for a few years there. And, uh, and the, the, the hard part was, and I don't want to sound dramatic, but it was that... Uh, it wasn't like a force, my wife, but the, my my poor wife was flying, travel every four months, five months to come and see me. And now you have to understand that Sydney, Rome, it's not like around the corner. It's not like a Sydney, Melbourne. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 22 hours flying. And when you land in Rome, then you have to take another airplane to to land in Bris in the in Puglia, and then you have to travel with a car for another twenty minutes to reach Lecce. So, you know, I mean, I know honestly, after a while, I feel honestly, I feel so bad because I feel guilty. I say, look, they're doing everything, they're doing so much sacrifice for me because just because I want to, you know. But I thought, okay, and I spoke to my father and said, he said, look, it's time to come back. Now you done you, you, you know, you prove, you prove yourself, you prove to everyone that you can do it. Now you can come back. So, okay. <laughs> Simple as that. Well, you've been a, a chef for quite some time now. Tell, tell us about your food and your approach to cooking. My food, my approach to cooking. No, my food is, um, well, like I said before, it's cucina povera. It's, uh, it's, nothing, it's nothing really fancy. It's what the flavor, the traditions, the, what should be or what I try to be. Anyway, no, it's what, what I try to be because every chef has his own interpretation to do it. But uh, it's what I, I, my interpretation, what I think it is right. I, I repeat, it's what I think is right because perhaps now the chef say, no, that's not the way to do it, but that's what I think is right. You know, I mean, you know, chef sometimes. But uh, um, it, it's, it's a real, it's basically, it's a real food. It's a, it's an honest, real food that you really, you sit out on Tila, you can, you know, beautiful next to the water and you have this beautiful uh, uh, frit, uh, frittura di mare, you have this beautiful acquazzetto, you have an incredible flavors there uh, with a beautiful glass of wine and it's just going to make you, hopefully it's going to make you, your, your day 
amazing after we went through so much with COVID and everything else. We want to talk about that, but you know, we have some rough time in the last few months. Um, I think it's, that's what I will try to do is just make people comfortable, enjoy it, enjoy the flavors, enjoy their friends, enjoy the, enjoy Sydney because we've been locked, you know, obviously, uh, in the house for many months. So, Really enjoy this beautiful city. This is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Well, you're on uh, one of the most beautiful wharfs in the world as well. Tell us about the new restaurant, what it what it's like, and 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 maybe a dish or two to sort of exemplify what you're cooking there. Right. So Il Pontile. Il Pontile obviously is in Wollamalu on the wharf. It's one of the most beautiful icon position in Sydney, um, and. Uh, uh, it, it looks stunning. Look, it, it's going to look stunning. It looks stunning already. Um, beautiful colors. Um, and food-wise, food-wise, it's uh, we have a couple of dishes that I think is suits. Now, let, let, uh, before we talk about dishes, another the way I work. Now, according to which restaurant I work, I designed the menu because this this particular example, this particular menu will not suit if I'm in a different position, like in the city or in the mountains. Obviously, it will be different type of recipes. So what I do, according to the restaurants I've been, I design menu or, or my scenery. Now, obviously, Pontilla is right on the water. So it's uh, it, it's based on the freshness of the seafood. Um, we have a few meat, no problem. For in, in case people want some meat, we have a day. Um, uh, but it's uh, you know percentage is it's a seafood, it's freshness. Uh, we have a couple of dishes that are very exciting. Um, an example, the one I said before, the frittura di paranza means uh, miso fritto di mare. Um, you know, it's beautiful. It's I know it's classic. It's been done, but you know, uh, fritto means frittura. It's now some chefs will understand me. It's not frying. It's not. You had to, I'm very particular on fry because I'm from Naples, so frittura for us is extremely important. So the fry, if you done properly, it's difficult and it is not. Um, so the frittura di mare, I, I think next, imagine being sitting here with a beautiful sunny day and you have a beautiful uh, rosé or white and you have this incredible, beautiful selection of frittura di mare. Uh, I think it's, it's nothing better than that. So that's one particular dish that I quite enjoyed. I'm very exciting. I, you know, I love food. Um, uh, another one that I think is going to go extremely well, and you can actually check on Google, it's linguine al cartoccio. Now, linguine al cartoccio, there is a uh, uh, baking paper. Uh, it's a linguine cooking in uh, partially in the baking paper. And it's, and it's full with the seafood. So imagine, so what happened is this parcel, let's call it parcel because then it's going to close like a parcel. Uh, we finish it off in the oven, blah, blah, blah. Then it, it, it goes on the table and you open this parcel and all this flavor and uh, the, these flavors and the smoke goes up your nose and you can smell these beautiful flavors. It's just, it's just an incredible uh, feeling. That's one thing uh, that uh, I'm, I'm exciting. The last year and a half has been incredibly challenging for everyone on the planet and, in, and especially those in the hospitality sector. What, what sort of impact has it had on you and, and how are you feeling about what's to come as society opens up? Well, 
um, you know, like, like you're hundred percent right. Well, like you say, unfortunately, the last few uh, months or period of, of a life, it's been quite difficult and challenging for everybody. It doesn't matter if you a restaurant business, imagine the doctors, the nurse, they did an incredible job in, around the world, just adding the amazing people. Um, obviously, hospitality, we pay a lot of price because we had to shut down. I remember I, uh, I was working in restaurants and in, uh, in, uh, uh, the the different restaurants, and I remember when the prime minister came on on TV and they say, and say, well, from tomorrow, we have to shut the door, put the chairs on the table, and that's and we don't know where we're going to open the heart just it just stopped you know and they say oh my god what's gonna happen because we didn't know you know the future and and there was a different then it came the beautiful news that we could open as a takeaway and i must say and then i love to say that i have an amazing support by clientele by customers when we have permissions from the government to open for takeaway we have an incredible a request for takeaway and the people were just in the mood to and I remember honestly I remember my docket line it was so many and it was like a full house it was like a full house I, I, we were so and we were so grateful and we you know thank you very much because you know we would never expect it but we have an incredible uh clientele support for my, for everywhere, everywhere, obviously they could, you know, they could uh, come. But uh, and and really, I really, really, I had to say, I really enjoyed when we start doing the takeaway because and and, the, and there was just beautiful. You could feel the spirits of customer really trying to help the business, you know, trying to help the restaurants um, to stay alive because you know. It wasn't easier, but now we had to pay everything else. So to stay alive, and the people understand. My God, restaurant is so important in a, in a way of life. Restaurants is a way of life. We human beings, we want to be, you know, sit in restaurants with other people. The noise of people talking, you know, the happiness of people laughing, it's just a way of life. So when everything stopped, it was just. A, but like I said, we were not the only one, you know. Imagine, you know, the retail, the shops, the, uh, everyone, and the beautiful, beautiful uh, first response people. They were just in around the world that did an incredible job. Imagine them, what they went, when they went through. Yeah. How are you feeling about um, opening up again and, and moving forward? Exciting. <laughs> exciting. Extremely exciting. Very exciting. I think, I think it's like a... I don't want to sound too dramatic, but it's like after a big storm or big, you know, major things happen in the world. It did happen, major things in the world, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an excitement in the sea, in the street. It's an excitement by the people. It's that you finally have the freedom to go back on your normality of life. And, uh, and it makes you exciting because you know, you're going to open and, and you get, you're going to open stronger. And I believe that. Australia is going to be even stronger than before after this happened. Um, I know we went from tough time. We, you know, let's move on. Let's, let's the pass. But uh, yeah, no, very exciting. Extremely exciting. I can't wait. Full energy. Imagine four months without doing anything. <laughs> You've got an amazing, rich uh, history in your family. What is it that you love about what you do? I love people. I love people and I love cook for them. I love, I love, you know what, it sounds crazy. Again, it sounds crazy. I love the expressions when people 
have the first bite and you can see on the face and say, oh, wow, that's, that's different. I, I love the expression. I love the noise. I love the sound of the restaurants. I love when the people laughing. I love when the people talking, uh, the buzz, oh, the buzz. It's like adrenaline, you know what I mean? The buzz of the restaurants, the people running, uh, the waiters, uh, look after customers, the chatting. It, it's just, it makes your day so exciting. And the most important, you don't know what happened the next second in rest because you never, you know, it's, it's just exciting. Restaurant business is just exciting. I think, you know, I'm sure there is different businesses as exciting, but that's the only things I've done. So for me, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I love people, to be honest. That's what makes exciting. Cooking for people. And that only sounds like, oh my God, you're, you know, you're not, and then you say, no. I really love cooking for people. I love people eating. I love people see eating. Um, and I'm generally telling the truth. I'm not safe for any reasons. Yeah. Your father, Armando's influence is incredible on our culinary landscape. And he's also known as quite a fussy eater. What, what do you think you'll think of the restaurant you're about to open? He's extremely exciting. Uh, I, I, you know, I try to talk as much as possible and explain and constantly keep him update. Um, you know, yeah, it's exciting. Obviously, he always told me, make sure you do the right things. You know, make sure, you know, my father is always, he says, straight to the point. It doesn't, it doesn't go around the bush. You know what I mean? And um, I had to say, if I do something wrong, he'll be the first one. It is not because he does, I don't want to say the word, he doesn't care that I'm his son. If I do something wrong, he's the first one come to me and say, that is wrong. And you better fix it. Um, so it's uh, it's like I say, it doesn't go around the bush. It's straight to the point. And if I do something wrong, trust me, I will have many phone calls <laughs> and told me that I did wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but he obviously he's happy. He's happy and, uh, and uh, you know, and wish for the best. Uh, well, you're going to open the doors soon. How, how is it going to feel when the, you welcome in diners again and see their faces eating your food? Oh, I can't, can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait when we open the door. And we, and uh, and like I said before, I can't wait. We open the door and you can start feel the adrenaline again because that's another important thing. It doesn't matter how many things you've been cooking. If you don't have the adrenaline, the, the, the kind of, uh, a, a little bit of excitement when the door is open, people start coming in, it means you don't want to be a chef anymore. You know what I mean? If you do uh, without the excitement, the, you know, a little bit of emotion, a little bit of adrenaline, start to pumping, and if you must have. And that guarantee I have every single night. Every night we open the door, a customer come in, well, obviously before COVID, um, I always start to get the excitement, the adrenaline start to start pumping and start to get ready. And then the doctor, the docket start to printing and that's, we start to call the dockets and, uh, and just hopefully becomes, you know, beautiful dining, beautiful service. Well, uh, Mario, good luck with the new restaurant. It's been an absolute honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear just a little bit of your story. Please keep in touch and um, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lovely to talk to you. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast.
or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.